Welcome, people of the internet, to the Stew Pod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Wick. Chris, what's up with your boy, Jay Cutler? I know this is a baseball podcast, but uh, I want to know. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. They The Bears need him to come back because they're awful without him. We they're awful have... with him, but they're even worse without him. We should know Colin Kaepernick, man. Remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Colin Kaepernick and, and Jay Cutler on this podcast? And I do. Yeah, yeah. That's we should we should just not even talk about those people ever again. Mm-hmm. They should just go <laughs> away. But let's talk about baseball. What do you think about that? How about baseball? Yeah, I love baseball. Baseball. I baseball's good. Uh, like I said, this is the Stew Pod. We talk about baseball, and uh, we are getting to the point of baseball season where things are a lot more fun. Uh, where uh, we see a lot more pitching changes, where the games tend to drag on, but the stakes are a lot higher and. Uh, I, myself, Chris, have been very much looking forward to October. I don't know about you. For sure. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these teams that uh, haven't been in playoff baseball in a long time get some time on a national stage. Today is October 1st, so it's a good time to um, debut our latest episode. We are going to talk about a number of things, uh, some of which have to do with the postseason and some of which do not. Chris, you want to give the people a, a little bit of taste of what they can expect? I think with the postseason approaching, we have to discuss which team we fear the most uh, going into October baseball. Got to talk a little bit about the Nationals because what would uh, what would a stew pod be without a little bit of Nationals talk? And uh, why don't you refresh my memory on? on our <laughs> well, what he means there is he forgot. He he didn't write them down. When we planned all this. <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, what we think is going to happen in the AL wildcard, because that's shaping up to be the most uh, down-to-the-wire race coming up. And uh, we're going to play a game where I ask you which managers will be fired on yes. on Monday, and you're going to tell me whether or not they will be fired. So that's what we got coming up. This is the Stew Pod. Stay tuned. All right, we are back on the Stew Pod. Chris, uh, let's, let's talk some October baseball. But before we get to the actual postseason, before we get to the wild drive games and the, uh, the division series and whatnot, uh, we still have some business to take care of in these last few days. It's looking like the, the AL West and the AL Wild Card is uh, shaping up to be a really interesting situation. Uh, we, for a while, just thought the Astros were, were going to take it and run back into the playoffs. And right now, that may not happen. Uh, the, the Angels have come on strong. The Rangers, of course, are in first place. Uh, so there's a lot to be figured out still. I think that you know any of those three any of those three teams could still technically win the division. Um, and uh, two of them are probably making the playoffs. How do you see it all shaking out? Well, I didn't want to buy into the Angels getting back into it, but now that they've won seven straight, they're obviously a threat. I'm still supporting the Astros, I think. Um, you think for the for the moment? For the moment, I am because I, I still think over the full course of the season they've been a better team than the Angels, and so I'm trying not to let this recent surge cloud my vision here. But I know people have pointed out lately the Astros bullpen has not been great over the last I don't know last couple of weeks or month or so, and obviously that's that's the type of thing that can really sink you at this point in the year when you know you're you're fighting for a half game or just one game. I mean, you, your bullpen goes in the tank and suddenly 
doesn't really matter if Dallas Keuchel is going seven or eight strong innings or Scott Kazmier is doing the same because you can't get the final six outs. So that that really worries me. I mean, if they can't figure that out, then that's a major red flag for me. You know, I, I, I like you, was probably not really ready to accept the Angels as a team um, that, that were, you know, viable for the postseason, but something changed with them, Chris. They, they have somebody on their side that I don't think anybody else does. The Pope. I was hoping you were going to say Mike Trout so I could be like, nah, fool the Pope. <laughs> but the Pope, and, and you wrote about this, Chris, and, and I, it, so far, I mean, it looks like it's, it's been legit for them. They... The Pope showed up, and the Astros, I mean, the Angels just won all these games. They just, you know, won seven in a row. Um, and, and I mean, is it is it divine? Is it coincidence? You know, I don't know. But they are a team that has a, you know, movie about them that has to do with, like, ghosts watching over them in the outfield, right? I mean, that these are these are things that happened. Um, and they have Mike Trout, you know. And, and Mike Trout, you can say, is probably godly to some degree. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if there is some higher power at work here. Um, I'm being silly, of course, but um, <laughs> you know I do think that, that when you have Mike Trout, I mean that, that's a good that's a good advantage over yeah. over any of those three teams. Uh, which team has Mike Trout? That that's who I think has a pretty good chance to win. Uh, the Angels, you know, of course, I think they they have some flaws, just like they all have flaws, and um, I'm not fully committed to 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 be like, hey, Angels, um, considering that you know I've been rolling with the Astros too, and I begrudgingly admitted that the Rangers were a good team a couple weeks ago. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I just feel like these, these Angels uh, obviously have something something going with them. Um, and, hey, Mike Trout, you know. And I feel like we, we haven't explicitly said it, but it sounds like we are both counting on the Rangers to make the postseason at this point, correct? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, could all, I wouldn't be surprised if they just hit the postseason and then go home either. So. Um, just because, you know, I, I mean, I have some faith in them, but I don't have a gigantic ton of faith in them. Well, Mike, it sounds like what you're saying is you don't really fear the Rangers in the oh, postseason. Oh, hey, these are what, – what that, that's called a transition, folks. I know. That's that why I get paid the big bucks, <laughs> the big that's podcasting bucks. Uh, so, yeah, Mike, I think we do have to talk about heading into the postseason. What team is in the best position to just – tear through and dominate, or I guess we could put it this way too. If, if you are a postseason team and you're going into the postseason right now, what team do you fear the most? What team do you least want to play? I think it's got to be the Blue Jays. And uh, we saw it when they clinched against the Orioles. They won like 15-1 to 1 yesterday. Um, I, they just showed how powerful, you know, how they can just pour on the offense. And, you know, we talk a lot about how important pitching is and, and obviously, you know, super-duper important in, in, the, in, the, in the postseason. But I don't know that we've seen a team in the last few years that really just has the, you know, type of offensive juggernaut about them that, that the Blue Jays do. And, I mean, even if we go back to, the you know, the, the, that Tigers team that was, you know, supposedly really good, I, I look at this, this Blue Jays team and think, wow, I mean, they really can be a force. And, um, you know, they're the favorite right now, which I went back and looked, compared the, you know, sort of who was the favorite last year at this time and, you know, how they fared. And it was the Angels and they got swept. So, you know, I don't put too much faith necessarily in the idea that they're the favorite. But 
I do put some faith in the fact just how good the these Blue Jays have been. Um, you know, uh, when uh, and actually Israel Israel Fair on Big League Stu Ezra had a really good post yesterday when when the Blue Jays clinched. Um, you know, talking about how and I forgot two two months ago they were just a 500 team. You know, they, I think July 29th they were 500, and they turned it around. I mean, they've had you know all cylinders since then. It's not just offense. They're not just winning these games like 15 to 10. I mean, they, they've had great pitching. I think Marcus Stroman comes coming back as a big advantage for them. It gives them, you know, a lot more of a solid rotation um, because it, I, I think if they didn't have him, we'd be sitting here talking about how the pitching is suspect. But with him and, and how great he's been since he returned, I think we all feel a lot bit better about their pitching. I think that's a strong answer. That's a good answer. But then I see what Clayton Kershaw does to clinch the National League West for the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, if I'm an opposing team, I'm pretty frightened about facing Clayton Kershaw and that disgusting curveball. And then. Even you know, if you're the Cardinals? Even if I'm the Cardinals. <laughs> and then the next day, being like, whoa, thank goodness, you know, we might have lost, but at least we got Kershaw out of the way. And then Grinky is on the lineup card as the number two. So I feel like just the combination of those two guys, that really frightens me if I'm a team going up against the Dodgers. And. I, I know people, there are some people who are probably listening to this and they're like, oh, Kershaw, he can't pitch in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not buying into that. I just don't think that there's a big difference. I mean, this guy is the best pitcher on the planet. He's proven that for, I don't know, two or three years now. I can't I, beat I can't, the Cardinals. I can't buy that he's just magically not a good pitcher in the playoffs. So I feel like if, if him and Grinky are on point, they could even shut down this dominant Blue Jays offense. Oh, hey. That, that'd be a good matchup, though. I think I'd really like to see. That'd be great. Yeah. I think we may have to, maybe next week on the show, we'll, we'll kind of get into which World Series matchups we'd want to see uh, once, we, once we get a full playoff field. And uh, I know we're going to do that on the blog, so that, that, that's, that's a fun topic always. But um, I don't know. I, uh, I think that I think the, the pitching of the Dodgers versus the, the offense of the the Blue Jays could be fun. I also think, not to get too far into it, but the offense of the Cubs and the offense of the Blue Jays could be fun too. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. Oh, oh. And really, you can find positives in any matchup, but I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, except maybe the Cardinals. Oh. Well, you know, maybe the Car- Cardinals. <laughs> Just kidding. The I'm joking. You get, to, you get to see Wainwright Beltran again. Don't, oh, don't, don't send me all your he's emails. Not, he's not even on the Mets. Wow. Uh, Look at me uh, screwing up. <laughs> He's on the Yankees, though, and you could see that. You could, you could, you could definitely see that. So uh, let's let's take it away from some playoff teams real quick and talk about some uh, decidedly non-playoff teams. In some cases, some embarrassingly non-playoff teams. And uh, what I want to do is I want to throw some names at you about some managers who may or may not get fired. Um, a lot of managers will get fired on Monday because that's kind of the day for this thing. It's not as Black Friday-ish as like the I mean Black Monday is like the NFL, but um, yeah, it definitely happens. So, Chris, I um, I know you like. I know this is a topic you like. You like to talk about whether managers should be fired or not like fired. It. So, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of throw the names at you. I want I want the quick answer. I don't really want you know the three minute explanation. I want a yes or I want to no, know, and I want you know to know why. So, okay, you ready? Let's do it. Imagine me here holding like some game show cards, like yep. I'm uh, I don't know the guy in Family Feud or something. I'm just going to toss each one after I say it, but are you ready? Yes. Matt Williams. Fired. 
<laughs> do, you have to, do you have to give me a reason? Oh, do I? I, I feel like the, his, his decisions and the team's play has given me enough reason there over the last couple of weeks. Uh, former AL Rookie of the Year, Walt Weiss. Walt Weiss fired, I think, even though he had some support from his best players. I, I, I don't think uh, – I think he's an easy scapegoat, so he's gone. Former meltdown classic manager Lloyd McClendon. Lloyd McClendon will also be fired because Jerry Depoto is in town now. It's a new regime change. I think he is probably going to want to handpick his manager, and he's going to want someone who is maybe a little more willing to embrace newer uh, statistics and play styles. So I was kind of joking about holding up cards, but I'm actually holding my hands. I realized this. I was actually holding up my hands as if I had cards Good. in my hand, and then Good. looking at my computer screen <laughs> through my hands. I, I don't know why. If this was a televised like TV podcast, you guys would all think I'm crazy. Anyways, um, where were we? Oh, uh, the managerial F-bomb, F-bomb king, Brian Price. I think he's got to go. Uh, so I say, I say fired. Team hasn't played with a ton of passion lately. They've lost at least 10 straight. So... I'm not seeing it. The uh, ever handsome Detroit Tigers manager, Brad Osmus. They already said he was coming back, so not but fired. Do, but do you believe it? That's the question. Yes. Yeah. Didn't it? Didn't it come from the organization? You. You never know, man. I'm gonna say not fired. Do you think he'll make it all the way to the opening day without getting fired? Yeah, I, d- I do. But by next June or July, I'm not so sure. Okay. Um, former GM slash hand puppet Dan Jennings, manager nice. of the Marlins. He's fired. Come on. <laughs> There's no way he's going to survive. Um, Nolan Ryan friend slash <laughs> Chris's uh, BFF, Robin Ventura. I'm going to say not fired. I think the the team has played better over the second half, and I think they're going to say... By they, I mean the front office is going to say that uh, Ram Ventura should not be blamed for the early failures of the players. Here's a name that, you know, this is our last one, probably wouldn't have you expect to come up, but I, I was reading something that, you know, there, there's some friction, so I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, Orioles manager, Buck Showalter. I can't see it happening. Not fired. Buck Showalter is really great, I think, as a manager, so... If the Orioles were to let him go, I think that would be a major, major mistake. Oh, I do have one more. Let's let's go with, uh, and and I think his fate is probably already determined. But uh, San Diego Padres interim manager Pat Murphy. Uh, I have no idea. Actually, I, I don't even know what to make of this one. I'll I'll just say fired because I bet they're going to want someone new in there. Yeah. Okay. But AJ Preller, man, does that guy survive? I, think, I guess he has to. But. He has to, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man, what a what a meltdown that was. Maybe All right, he'll Chris, trade. Well, he'll trade the manager, maybe. <laughs> just, just trade the manager position for. It, like, it hey, could happen. Yeah, we don't need a manager anymore. We'll just have two GMs. Well, that has been our game, Chris. We'll see. Uh, we'll have to fact check you next week and see how well you did. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you 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 had at least six or seven fires in there. Seems like. Maybe five. Yeah, so maybe six. That'll be great. That'll be that'll make for a fun day, right? On Monday. Well, I, I mean, I guess we're not saying they're all going to get fired on Monday, but um, 
Yeah, not everybody's going to do their business on Monday, but I assume we'll probably see. Oh, I mean, Matt Williams has to go on Monday, right? I mean, there's there's pretty much no. There's, there's I don't know. No they, doubt about they've that. waited this long. Who knows? Yeah. 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 All right, so uh, I, I guess that's a good transition because I know we want to yeah. talk about the Nats some more. Right, so speaking of Matt Williams and the Nationals, uh, something I think we thought would would be fun to do with this team since we we know now that obviously they haven't lived up to the expectations. We've now gotten a glimpse at what it's been like in that locker room. There's been a lot of great stories about that this week, and it just seems like the whole organization is kind of a mess so we thought it would be fun to play a little game here and kind of go do a Back to the Future style thing with the Nets. So, Mike, if, if we were to hop into a time machine and you could fix one thing about this Nets team in, let's say, March, um, what would you fix? And March? Has to be March? Sure. Or, I don't know, before the season started. Well, I guess that's not true either. You. You could fix one thing. What if what if I wanted to fix Papelbon? No. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can time travel to any point in the in this year, and fix something about the Nets. What what is it? Uh, to me, it, uh, to me, I think this. I think their season um, was like it went down in the tubes originally early on when they had all the injuries. You know, they didn't have Anthony Rendon. Uh, Denard Span was hurt for a lot, and I, I feel like they started out really slow. And they had all those expectations and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they just right away were, were a failure. Right away they were underachieving. And I, I feel like if they would have just kind of had a, some better luck with injuries in the beginning, maybe the whole story would be different. If, if they just, you know, started off a little better, didn't have like that intense um, scrutiny right away. Because I think we've seen that to some degree they're, they're really fragile. Um, you know, from from the top down. I mean, Matt Williams obviously has has not handled things very well, and, and maybe this is a reaction to the fact that um, you know he, he just all, had all these expectations. Um, and we can even go back and say that you know they had a pretty tough loss in the playoffs last year, and you know they come back and, and they're expected to win, and they immediately don't. And uh, so I just think right there, I mean, you know, if if things would have started off differently, you know, maybe the whole story would be different. So you would go back to that game where Anthony Rendon hurt his knee, and you'd be like, "Hey, don't play today." Oh, oh, oh! We're doing it. We're doing. We're doing the actual like, "Hey, I'm no, gonna, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna just, take the uh, the sports book and put it in your pocket." Like we're doing, so we're doing yeah, that style. Back, you're like, "Don't play in this game." <laughs> okay, well, I was just, I was being a little more like. No, no, no! I that your answer is completely acceptable okay. in my mind. All right. Well, thank you. I was just taking it to back to the future. You, you were trying to make fun of me, is what you're doing. No, no. Yeah, you were trying to be mean. I would say though, if I if I may, if I may get in my time machine here, um, man, I don't know. I mean that that's the hard part, right? I mean we look at this team and how much talent they've had, and it's not like just one thing went wrong. So many things went wrong. So I'm gonna go back, maybe even a little further, and say the I would undo the Tyler Clipper trade. Um, seems like the, well, first off, the team's bullpen was awful at the beginning of the season and there's still some issues with it now, obviously. So having Clippard around is, was probably a little more valuable to this team than having Yunel Escobar on the roster. 
especially after Danny Espinoza had somewhat of a bounce back season. And uh, on top of that, I've been reading Barry, and I'm going to butcher his last name, and I apologize for it, but Sverluga, maybe? Sorry, That's definitely man. not how you say it, but Sorry, writer man. for Washington Post. He's done an ex- excellent kind of expose on the team, and it seems like that move may have shifted the clubhouse a little bit. You know, Clippard was pretty well-liked. Players were not really happy that he was traded just because he was going to make a significant amount of money. And so I feel like now that we're seeing kind of all this unrest in the clubhouse, um, not that that was necessarily a toxic trade, but I feel like maybe that started some of the the mistrust we're seeing now. So, And he looks cool. Yeah, I love the rec specs, man. Anytime you can do that. You should always keep that guy around, the guy that has the, the glasses like that. I, I mean, I will say, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tyler Clippard, the pitcher. I mean, he's he's been a pretty underrated guy in, in my mind uh, the last couple of seasons. He pitches a ton. He always has... Don't give me none of that. Don't give me none of that. I'm just saying he looks cool. Chris. That's, all right. <laughs> we're, we're right. So that's my answer. Continue, um, I was just being mean. Continue what you were going to um, say. I'm going back in time, and when Mike Rizzo proposes that trade, before he can finish the sentence, I'm going to hang up the phone on him. <laughs> You could tell me why you like Tyler Clippard. I was just I was just messing with you. I like Tyler Clippard. Okay. Alright. Well I I'm think... not I'm not justifying myself any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the stew pod. This is the uh, three strikes segment where we welcome in our buddy Bad News Ramen, who uh, always has a few things on his mind, and uh, I think inevitably at some point I'm I'm going to be at the butt of a joke, but uh, that's okay. Mister Bad News Ramen, how are you? Good. How are you? So Good I'm trying okay. to slow down this week because whenever we do this segment, you're like, hurry up, we need to do this in ten minutes. So I talk really fast, and people go, "I'm like, man, who is this guy? He talks way too fast." So I'm going to try to slow it down this week. I'm on vacation, so I'm nice and relaxed. Um, but before man. we, yeah, but before we start, uh, I would like to uh, give a shout out to my uh, uncle who passed away uh, this Sunday, and uh, he took me to my first baseball game. It was an A's and Tigers game, so I used to make fun of him all the time because he liked the Tigers. So, uh, Uncle Jad, uh, thinking about you, and this three strikes are for you. So. Uh, let's start off with uh, the big Clayton Kershaw uh, winning the division against the Giants against Madison Bumgarner. Uh, 13 strikeouts, one hit, complete game, shutout. And uh, everybody kind of makes fun of the Dodgers because they have a $300 million payroll. And what they kind of don't realize is that every team that wins a World Series is going to have the big payroll. Dodgers haven't won a World Series in, what, since they beat the A's, Mike? Yeah, right? 80, 88. <laughs> so you got to bring some to get some when, when, you're, uh, when you're trying to win a, win a title now. 300 million and, and kind of the guys that they bring in is kind of outlandish, but hey, I mean, I'd, I'd much, I think you would much rather have a management that would do that to the A's, uh, what the Dodgers are doing to the Dodgers right now. Uh, the thing with Kershaw, though, is that, you know, he's a homegrown guy. Uh, he came to the system and, uh, you know, they're building around him. I mean, this guy's, his prime is now. He showed it by, you know, coming up strong against Madison Bumgarner, who probably had the best uh, postseason in the history last year. And uh, if you can get past the Cardinals, you know, they're looking pretty good. Well, what's with the Cardinals, Jad, man? And, and you're not alone. I mean, I do it too. But uh, that, that, is, that is a big roadblock for him. So we'll see. We'll see if, if they meet up this year. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of attention on that one. I agree with you. So what's, uh, what do we got for strike two? 
So strike two, uh, way back when, when I was uh, working for newspapers, me and the uh, other sports guy, we would kind of, during the dog days of summer, while we were waiting for games to end, we'd go like, hey, who, what nationalities had the best baseball players? And he'd, he'd say like, oh, Italians. I'm like, yeah, well, Italians were good in the 1930s when you had DiMaggio and Dom DiMaggio and all this stuff. I'm like, but you're kind of past, past your prime in, in that aspect. So uh, I used to try to say, you know, Puerto Rican because I'm Puerto Rican, and I would point to Tino Martinez, Edgar Martinez. Uh, but then he would start saying the Dominican Republic, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I can if I can beat that. Yeah, for, so for the for about the past 20 years, the Dominican Republic's pretty much been ruling baseball in terms of hot young prospects, uh, guys that are, are can't miss stars. But I think this is the year finally where uh, we have two guys, one in Francisco Lindor, and one in Carlos Correa, where you have two Puerto Rican uh, born guys. They both play shortstop and. Uh, you know, it kind of rivals uh, Derek Jeter and um, Alex Rodriguez. And you can probably even say, like, Xander Bogarts, you can add to the list with those guys, um, with Nomar Garcia Pera as well. So here you have, like, you know, two to three really good Puerto Rican baseball players. And I'm glad to see that Puerto Rico is finally come, coming back up and saying, hey, we're pretty good ball players too. I know you're, I know you're all about Puerto Rico, man. So this, this is a question I have for you. Of those two guys, because they're pretty much the, the, the final two at this point, who do you think is going to win rookie of the year? Uh, it's tough. I mean, I, you know, I've liked Carlos Correa from the beginning. Um, ever since he was kind of coming up, uh, I kind of knew him about it at the beginning of this year, and then I really started kind of paying attention to him. I think mostly because I, I paid a dollar for him in, my, in our fantasy baseball league, and I was able, <laughs> able to keep him. So, um, bargain. Yeah, definitely a bargain. Uh, Lindor, I think, is going to be like the Omar Vizquel of, of the group. I mean, he's probably going to be like the, the Derek Jeter of the group, just a really solid guy. So that's why I'm kind of leaning towards Lindor, but uh, in terms of who I like and kind of what I always like, shortstops that can hit for power and can play yeah, the, yeah. the position decent. Uh, so I'd probably uh, lean towards uh, Correa more than Lindor. All right. What is strike three? Uh, strike three, uh, talking about fantasy baseball. Um, this guy is pretty much taking care of me, you know, back in my heyday of fantasy baseball playing. But um, I, I don't think people really realize that uh, each row is probably like, what, 68 hits away from uh, – Joining the 3,000 hit club? I think it's 66. 66, yeah. So he's probably uh, going to come back with the Miami Marlins next year. And uh, this would be pretty interesting to see. I mean, you know, at the start of, you know, of Ichiro's career, he was already – he was right in his prime after he uh, left Japanese baseball. I believe he played seven years in Japan, and he came over here. And there was some debate saying, like, hey, you know, this guy's not going to make the Hall of Fame. You know, he's, he's good now. He's going to have five or six really good years, but he's not a Hall of Fame player. If this guy gets 3,000 hits next year, not only is he a lock to be a, a, a Hall of Fame player, he's also going to do it in 16 seasons, which no 3,000-hit club member has ever done. It usually takes about 18 seasons for a guy to uh, get 3,000. I don't think people realize how good this guy is, and I don't even think you realize how good this guy was uh, way back when when uh, we okay. were doing our fantasy team, and you're saying Here that this go. guy was a one-dimensional player. <laughs> okay, what I mean there in the fantasy sense is that he's not going to drive in ton of runs for you and he's not gonna hit a lot of home runs he does steal some bases here but um you know so maybe in a fantasy sense like two-dimensional but it's towards runs all right you know he fine he's a good fantasy player he he, he helped you uh, you often beat me so i can't yeah well uh, let's, let's i don't have four, a leg to stand on fine fine four 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 titles uh a couple of second place finishes, some third place finishes. No, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear it on the podcast. Oh no, no, Every, nobody everybody, wants to hear it. everybody does care. Nobody, nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> I get, I get, I get texts all the time saying, "Man, you're way better than Mike Osagata, man." Oh. And I was like, and all I gotta do is I just say, "Yeah, Ichiro, there we go." <laughs> so, but I, I just wanted to point this guy out. Um, 
he, he's, he's been my favorite player uh, probably, you know, for the past 10, 15 years. And uh, it'd be nice to see kind of once people start crunching those numbers and realizing what he did. Um, I actually took those numbers from uh, Tracy Ringlesby, who's a Hall of Fame baseball writer, a guy that I used to work with in uh, Denver. So I'm giving him credit for all, all that kind of research. But um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how, how this guy plays out. And, you know, once he gets those 3,000 hits, he's a lock for the Hall of Fame. Do you... Uh... So he, he has 90 hits so far this year. So 66 is, you know, certainly within reach. Um, do you do you care where he does it? I mean, he's a free agent again after this year. I mean, are you, like, hopeful he'd go back to Seattle? Or, or like, does any of that matter to you? Uh, is one of those guys where uh, wherever he goes, I'm, I'm going to enjoy him and I'm probably going to root for the team. It's funny, like... Uh, when he went to, I mean, he went to the Yankees, which is my team, and I was on cloud nine. He went to Miami, where there's a lot of young players that I like too. Um, I really don't care where he does it, and I, I really don't care about kind of some of the talk that says like, oh, he's barely hanging on, and and he's trying to get you know those three thousand hits he wouldn't be playing otherwise. Uh, the guy's forty one years old. He can still play. Uh, he can still, you know, if if he gets, I'd rather see him go to an AL team. Let's say that, so he can DH. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the guy is still dangerous. I mean, he's he's still a tough out, and and he uh, ups the pitch count. I think he's he's still a valuable asset to any team that wants him. Well, I think there's definitely be something to watch for next year, anytime. Somebody's pursuing 3,000 hits, that's interesting, but I think he drew, especially his background and his story, makes it just even more fascinating. So uh, I, I look forward to talking to that more with you next year, and you, of course, reminding me that yeah, uh, and, I, I and, under, and, underrated you, Drew. And, and I, I look, I'm looking forward to, to um, berating you and making fun of you like I always do. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you for uh, sharing with us your three strikes this week. We'll see you back next week as we uh, hit the MLB postseason, and uh, I'm sure we'll have lots of things to talk about. You're not going to say goodbye or anything? You're not going to tell the people? No, no, Very well. You're done? <laughs> no, All right. I'm good like that, dude. Stakes is high. You know them stakes is high. And you talking about Stakes is high. We are back on the street pod. And uh, it's about that time. Chris, do you want to do some important questions? I would love to. Do you do you want to go first, or would you want me to go first? I think you should go first. All right. And this is uh, probably not as provocative as some of the ones I've asked you. Um, but but I think maybe we're, we're, we're approaching it um, like we might approach baseball. You know, the, the, the new TV season is here. Uh, you're probably like me. You don't have a ton of time to watch TV, but you have been watching a little bit of stuff here and there. I'm wondering if, if you're going to look at the, uh, the the TV season like you would a baseball season. What what are some of the like like who's your do you have like a breakout star? Do you have like a, a rookie that you're interested in? Uh, I guess th- those are the two. Like what, what what's something that you're uh, you're excited about maybe coming back for a second season and and something that you're excited about that's new. Wow, that's a good question. Yeah, you know um, you like that, huh? I don't know, man. What you're gonna have to see now. You're gonna have to remind me on like some of the good stuff that might be coming I back. I can't tell you what, what shows you watch. Well, I, I feel like a, a lot of the shows we watch have all just kind of ended. So I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to Veep coming back. I love Veep. Uh, I don't know when it's coming back, but I'm excited for that. I'm gonna choke you. But I, I don't know. What else uh, is out there? All right, so. Chris, 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 Chris. Disappointed in you, man. Disappointed. Um, I so I, I there's a couple shows that I think um, that I'm excited about, 
And I feel like there's a lot of good comedies on TV again. I Last year, I became a fan of Blackish on ABC. And um, I missed sort of like probably the first half of the season. It was the first season. And uh, the, the season premiere, I, I think it, it got talked about a lot. It was just somewhat controversial. But man, that show was funny. So I would, that, that's kind of my, uh, my, my person who's coming back for a second season looking at a breakout year. I think it's, I think it's blackish. So you can take that for what it's worth, Chris. I haven't watched the first season, so I have to catch up. It's not one of those, you don't have to. I mean, it's, it's not one of those shows. It's just a funny show. You can pick it up at any old time. Um, in general, you know, it stars Anthony Anderson. I was never a huge fan of his, even back when he was on Law and Order. I didn't, I didn't necessarily like him because I, you know, I have like a, we could probably do a power ranking of, of Law and Order de- uh, detectives at some <laughs> point. And he he would be down on my list, but um, yeah, it's just a funny show. The kids are funny. Like the whole thing is uh, the whole thing is good. I would I would definitely recommend Blackish. Um, let's see. As for a new show, I'm I'm steering away from recommending the the Walking Dead show. Right. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't. Okay, yeah. But I, I soured on the Walking Dead series, so that's why. Okay. I and I watched the show with my wife and I wasn't even really meaning to watch it. I was kinda of working and, and she just put it on and it was kinda of funny. It was called um I think it was called Scream Queens. Have you seen that? I have not. It it was sort of a um dark humor sort of thing. Um I I didn't I didn't necessarily love it as like something I would watch a lot, but I definitely see it as a breakout star of of tv like i looked at this and i'm like oh this is something that you know like when you hear a song on the radio you're like oh, I, I mean i don't love this song but i can see how this song is going to be a hit like um, macklemore like the new macklemore oh man the new macklemore song is crap <laughs> but but i like i saw that show like i said i was i was doing something i think i was i don't know we're something baseball related and uh, she had it on and i immediately i'm like oh you're gonna love this show and i can tell and it kind of has like um it's kind of like Scream, you know, where, you know, it kind of has like the horror movie thing going on, but then it's kind of like Mean Girls, so it's kind of like snarky horror or whatever. Um, so I don't know, but I, I just, I viewed that as I'm like, oh, this is a show that, that I can see, like, you know, even though it's like in the first couple of weeks, it's going to be one of those things that people start talking about a lot. So not necessarily like, oh, my God, loves that show, but uh, I see the I see the potential in it. It just seems like you're more, you're just on top of the TV stuff. I'm not right now. Well, I was prepared for the question also because it was my question. So. I don't know. It's just a weird time for TV, you know. Nothing's really starting up, so it feels like we've got a couple weeks before it, anything it, new comes out. I'm not I'm not prepared. It did start late this year, it seemed like. Um, I don't know if that's just a function of, like, everything. It seems like everything is kind of late this year, you know. I don't know if it's just because Labor Day was late this year, but, I mean, the NFL seemed like it started a week later. Um, you know, baseball playoffs are obviously starting later, so... I don't know. I mean, it was still 90 degrees this week, so fall, to me, is starting later. I don't know. All right. Well, I'll let you know, though. I'll let you, I'll let you know if I see some good shows. I haven't, and, you know, now that October's here, I may not get to watch a ton of TV in general, but I, I did I did try out that walk, the new Walking Dead. wasn't a fan, but I, I do see that. I think I think it's called Screen Queens. I think is a, is a show. It's on Fox. Um, I can see it being a, a big hit. Fair enough. All right, let me, let me drop an important question on you here. Drop it on me. Uh, I couldn't think of a great one, so I'm steal- <laughs> I'm stealing this from uh, Baseball Prospectus's Effectively Wild podcast. They had someone ask, "What is the 
hardest pitch you think will ever be thrown in your lifetime? I'll, I'll, I'll limit it to in your lifetime. What's the hardest pitch you think we'll ever see thrown? Like, like fastest, like mile per hour. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. Well, what is it now? I mean, are we going? Are we going like decimal point, or are we going? Like, uh, just like I don't be specific as you be as specific as you want to be. Okay. I mean, I think the high now is what Earl Chapman hit one hundred five. Is that what it is? Okay, but we're we're not doing like a one hundred five point four. Look, if you want to take the easy way out and go, you know, decimal points, that's fine with me. How is that I the, won't judge you, but maybe others will. How is that the easy way out? I mean, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be even more specific? Like <laughs> if I said if I said one oh nine point one six four. I mean, that's a pretty that, specific answer, Chris. Is that your answer? No, it's not. But I'm just saying that's a, I just pick some random numbers. That's okay. very specific, as opposed to saying like I don't know, man, one oh nine. And baseball, Chris, I think is a sport where they they care about you know being the decimals not only accurate but but you know being as, as specific as you can right i'm gonna go with one oh seven okay point two how did you arrive at that at that i went from 105 and had a couple more <laughs> and then i picked another number i i'm gonna I'll go, i'm gonna go with 109 i think one oh nine's good. See, I, I I feel like it's one of those things where, um, I mean, even though we're just talking about like, even though I just picked two miles per hour, I mean, I feel like that's a huge jump for me. Oh, for you sure. Know? So, I, I I guess it's hard for me to think like what four degree, what four miles per hour more would be. Um, but well, I think I mean knows, there, there's a there's a part of me that's like, pitchers continue to throw harder. So, in that sense, we'll probably. I think see that continue a little more, but then on the other hand, there's probably only so much an arm can handle, and so you so know, some guy's going to come out. He's going to throw one pitch of 113 miles exact, per hour, yes, and exact. his arm's going to fall off. He's going to be done. He's like, it's all worth it. Yes, that's exactly kind of the fear there. Yeah, yeah. All right. So there um, you go. That there it is. Let's put those put those into the uh, permanent record. I said, uh, you said 109, and I said 107.2. Excellent. We'll, right. we'll fact check those when they happen, and we'll fact check the managers next week. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what I forgot to tell you, Chris? Because I know that, that you like these things, too. I saw that Black Mass movie last weekend, and uh, it has it has Landry from Friday Night Lights in it. Oh, yeah. And he's and he's a straight-up, like, Boston gangster, and he has, like, <laughs> this crazy black hair. And, and I think that guy's becoming, like, my favorite actor. Like, uh, I love me some Jesse Plemons, man. Yeah, he yeah, he was in Breaking Bad too. Yeah, he was great on Breaking Bad, and he's in, yeah, he's, he's in the new Fargo series, this new season, and he has like a big old Minnesota accent. And then he's in uh, he was in a preview to that, that Tom Hanks movie coming out. So Jesse Plemons, if you're listening to the podcast, man, come on and be a guest. That'd be cool. Did you like the movie? Yeah, it's pretty good, man. I mean, it wasn't like like oh my god, like I've been thinking about it ever ever since because I obviously forgot yeah. about talk about it till now. But I liked it. It was good. Um, it, it, it wasn't like, you know, blow your mind or anything, but, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I like uh, I like some weird Johnny Depp on occasion. Um, there was a lot of good, a lot of good actors in it. So, um, I think we came away from it. That's one of those movies where you come away trying to like put the pieces together and read about other stuff that maybe wasn't in it or, right, you know. So it was one of those. All right, good to know. I'll put it on my list. Yeah, man. Black Mass. 
All right, this has been the Stew Pod. We will probably have uh, far less pop culture to talk about in the coming weeks because we're going to be up to our ears in baseball. But uh, if you like the baseball talk, stay tuned for that. And, of course, check out Big League Stew because we are going to be all playoffs all the time here in a couple days. So uh, for Chris, I am Mike Oz. We will see you guys next week. That's why the native tongues has officially been reinstated. Bye. Yeah.